Now why should we give or get forgiveness? It consistently deepens our sense of his grace to us. Because he forgave us of all of this. How dare we keep something against someone when he's forgiven us for all that we have done? This is Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you've joined us today as we continue to look at the topic of forgiveness. And pastor, what you were just saying right there, I think is such a helpful and powerful truth. When we take a look at the sin in our own lives, when we take a look at what that has done to our Savior, what that, what that means uh, of Christ going to the cross and how he so willingly forgives us, Man, how can we not forgive those who have wounded us, especially if they're repentant? Well, I tell you, you said a mouthful, Steve, and I don't know what uh, our listeners do personally, uh, but there's some things that can facilitate our comprehension of this. If we begin to just, okay, someone did something and it really hurt me, Mm -hmm. pained me deeply, so I wrote it down. And I wrote down the implications uh, as they affected me. Mm-hmm. And so I had a list of two offenses, and I had about uh, five or six repercussions of that offense. Then on that same piece of paper, I drew a line. And I looked at the last time that I needed forgiveness from God. Hmm. And I put that down. And you know what I began to realize? That on the right side of the paper, the God side, I had to get another sheet (laughs) on the left side where I was offended. I was able to do it just in one and being able to just see it. It became very graphic. Yeah. Then I began to say, okay, we sin. We have sins of commission, sins of omission, Mm -hmm. sins of disposition. So I just took a week and went back over things that I thought. Okay. uh, Things that I said, things that I did. And I wrote them down. And I needed for, and some of them I, I didn't ask forgiveness for. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was like, whoa, I, I didn't ask. But what it did for me was just put things in a proper perspective. Hmm. You know, just like was said, you know, how in the world can I hold this against somebody when he's done all this for me? Then when I began to put the scripture behind it, uh, you know, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those, as we forgive those concomitant to in the same measure, you know, convicting. Oh man, that's convicting, man. You know, like I want him to forgive me totally. I don't want my fellowship with him broken. That's why, you know, John said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want that because now when you're used to fellowshipping with him, when that fellowship is broken, it tears you up. Yeah. You know, you, you feel, you know, you not just sense it. You feel his presence not with you. You feel the fact that uh, you're alienated from him in that fellowship and you want that back. Hmm. Well, let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 50 as today we wrap up our message, How to Get Forgiveness. Here is Pastor Ford. So what's he say? They overstepped the bound. I think I might have told you about this a long time ago. My friend Morris Jones, when he was the pastor of Merrill Avenue, he's coming down um, out of drive. And uh, his right foot ain't saved. 
and he sees the lights, he pulls over. So what he does is, I got one too, but this is what he, he had on his license. See that? See that I have my license? I got my turn back collar on my license, see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, he, he said, he had me laughing, he said, yeah, I pulled out, and, and the police officer said, are you a father or a pastor or something? He said, yes, officer. And he said, I have gotten away with a warning by showing that license so many times. He said, but this police officer was a Christian. He said, you're a pastor? He said, yes, I'm a pastor of Merrill Avenue Baptist Church, right on the, and he gave the, you know, gave the address and everything. He said, well, you know what? I was going to give you a warning. But because you're a pastor, you ought to know better. You tell people to obey the laws of God, and you don't even obey the laws of man. I'm giving you a ticket. You know what he's saying? You know better. Hey, you know what gets me about us? Can I just talk to us? We're supposed to be a Bible-believing church, and we pride ourselves on all the information we get, but half a, more than half of y'all don't even use it. More than half of y'all don't even tithe. More than half of y'all don't even read your Bible every day. Don't even pray. Don't even serve. We got the pool teeth to get you to minister to your own kids. I've had people say, well, then if, if I got to work in the nursery with the kids, I'm taking mine out. This is a Bible-believing church. I'll be glad when we become a Bible-doing church. I'll be glad when we obey the Scriptures. I'll be glad when we keep short accounts. I'll be glad when we can walk up to somebody and say, you know what, you know what, I walked right past you, you had your hand out, and I saw it, and act like I didn't saw it. Would you forgive me? Notice, secondly, secondly, approach the person you've wronged. I know what you're saying. Wait a minute, isn't that the same thing? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. See, 17 years to admit it to each other. Now, 39 to admit it to Joseph. See, first acknowledge, then approach. Why? Because they may not listen to you. They may not listen to you. Anyway, you want to know why? Because some people like keeping you in their debt. Because when you wrong somebody, you have now created a debt to them. And some people like to hold that over your head. I'm just telling on me, I'm just telling on me. There's, there's a guy in uh, this health club there, I guess, because it happened at the health club. And uh, his name is Ray, you don't know his last name. And uh, Ray is just, I mean, he's a believer. He just braggadocious and everything. But, but, you know, I try as much as possible not to talk about people much. <laughs> and so when they be burning him up, you know, I don't, I don't jump in the conversation. You know, yeah, he just see that. He a prophet at this area. He got all the gifts. He, hey, you know, hey, what you think about that, Pastor Ford? And I say, well, you know, I think he belonged to the Lord. And I think the Lord going to have to straighten him out, don't you think? So one day, would you know the only day I open my mouth, he walks in. I'm serious. The, the only, I, I, I'm telling you the truth. I usually, those are the answers I usually give. And one day Nate said to me, he said, man, I tell you, I, I, what time's he coming in? Because I'm getting ready to get up out of here. And I said, yeah, he'd be coming in pretty soon. I'm getting ready to get up out of here too because I don't want to hear it today. And he walked in, looked me right in the face. Man. You know, I, I walked on by like I wasn't talking about him. 
but I knew he knew I was when I said, hey, Ray. So I said, okay, he'll cool off. I came the next day, hey, Ray. That went on for about eight months. Now, I had gone to him. I said, you know what, man? Hey, 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 I apologize. You know, I just, just, you know, loose lips, sink ships, all that kind of stuff. I apologize, man. But he didn't want to forgive me. He didn't want to forgive me. Yeah, he wanted to keep me in debt. He liked that. He liked that. He liked that. But God got a way. When you are trying to get forgiveness, he's got ways. See, see, because nobody liked him, this is about eight or nine months later, uh, his car battery stopped. He was trying to get a jump. Nobody had cables. I'm coming out of the club. He didn't, he didn't speak to me the whole time. I'm coming out of the club, and the hood is up on his car, and I got cables. <laughs> and so I walked over, and I said, are you having problems, Ray? It's the first time he spoke to me in almost nine months. He said, yeah, my battery's dead. So I'm trying to get a jump. Ain't nobody got cables. I said, hold up. I got some. I went and got the cables. Went and hooked it up. Got him started. He tried to give me 20 bucks. I said, no, nah, man. No, that's, that's, that's all right. He said, you know what? He said, man, I forgive you. I said, I appreciate that. I appreciate that because I've been, I didn't ask you, you know, 50 times to do that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. And, and, and God can work it out. So that if it, you say, well, what if they don't? God can work it out to where they will. God can bring them to the place where they need a jump. And you're the only one that can jump them. And so they acknowledge it. And, and so they go to him and they say, listen, we've done you wrong. So if they won't listen to you, you know, your conscience is clear. You can avoid further conflict. A really helpful message today on how to get and even give forgiveness as we're taking a look at Genesis chapter 50. We're going to continue this teaching with Pastor Ford in just one moment. But if you ever have a question about something that he says on the air or maybe about living out the Christian life or what a, the Bible says about a certain topic, you can always ask your question by coming to our website. Just stop by treasuredtruthradio.org, click on that contact link and ask your question. Who knows? We might uh, actually answer that on a future broadcast. Again, our website address, treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. And thirdly, you got to have an attitude of humility. Notice what they say. We pray thee. You know what that's equal to? Please forgive me. Please forgive me. An attitude of humility. Verse 18, they fell down before his face. See, here's what we got to realize. People generally, generally, it may not be right. I'm just speaking in generalities. Judge the seriousness of our asking for forgiveness the way we speak. Well, look, if I offended you, I'm sorry. Please keep that to yourself. Please keep it. If, 
Well, you know, I don't know if I offended you or not, but if I did, you ain't serious. No, you're not serious about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like I tell people all the time in communication. I just I just break it down three aspects. Everybody knows it. That's in here. Three aspects to communication. There is words, body language, tone. Now, which one do you think has the most weight? Rhetoricians tell us 50% of what we communicate is communicated through this. Somebody said body language. Somebody said tone. Tone. 30% body language. 20% words. You may, I thought words were the most, no, no, words aren't the most powerful. Okay, I come home from, 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 from the church. Wife says, hey, honey, take my garbage out because now, like Lazarus, it stinks. And I say, all right, I'm going to take the garbage out. You know what she's going to say? Oh, don't worry about it. Don't take, don't take the garbage out. Because there, there are plenty of people who would love to take my garbage out. Why would she say something like that? My tone and my body language said no. That's what it said. Yeah. And so they approach him in a spirit of humility. Let me give you these last two because I got to stop. Notice verse 17, appeal on the basis of relationship. They make a twofold appeal, a divine appeal based on covenant with God and human appeal based on being in the same family. Why does the Bible call us brethren? Somebody holler out. What does it mean? From the, out of the same womb. We've been birthed. Out of, how are you going to do a brother or a sister like that? He need to whoop us like my mama used to do whenever we didn't as brothers and sisters treat each other right. We got whoopings for it. And some of us right now, that's why you're getting whipped. Because you haven't done your brother or your sister right. Uh, he says, listen, I've committed it to El Da'ah. That means God of knowledge. He knows what we did. He knows we repent. Then finally, finally, acts of restitution must be rendered whenever necessary. They said, we are your ebed. That is, we're your servants. They said, you, you, we, what we put you through, this is our restitution for it. And he didn't even want it. He, he didn't even want it. Now, why should we give or get forgiveness? I walked through scripture. I found as many as I can. Here they are. Here they are. Here they are. Number one, Christ example. Luke 23, 34. Christ example. On the cross, what's his first words? Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Ephesians 4, 32. The command of Christ. So Christ's example and the command of Christ. He said, forgive one another as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Because number three, it's conduct that's Christian. Matthew 5, 43. It's character development. 1 Peter 2, 21, your character is going to be developed. You're going to become Christ-like. 1 Peter 2, 21 through 24. It communicates the highest virtue of man. Proverbs 19, 11. Uh, number six, your conscience is free from guilt. 
2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. The consequence of not forgiving, Matthew 18, 32 through 34, and Matthew 6, of course, 9 through 13. God says, if you don't forgive, I ain't forgiving you. And of course, it has nothing to do with justification. It has to do with sanctification. God says that if we don't forgive our brother and sister, we break fellowship with him. Number eight, it consistently deepens our sense of his grace to us because he forgave us of all of this. How dare we keep something against someone when he's forgiven us for all that we have done. Matthew 18, 32 through 34, the cost of getting even. Proverbs 24, 17 and 18, because it demonstrates we've committed it all to God. Romans 12, 19, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. It shows we are controlled by God and not deceived by the devil. 2 Corinthians 2.11, he says that we are become a bunch of sanctified suckers in that the devil has uh, fooled us into unforgiveness, which is one of his tricks. Duped by the devil. Number 12, circumstances don't control our lives. Genesis 50, 14 through 22. Because some of us are controlled by the things that happen to us. So we are prisoners of the people who have hurt us because we can't ever get away from them because we can't ever let it go. And then 13, it's continual dependence upon God to sustain us with his power. Genesis 45, 38. So that everybody knows I am sustained by God. Because of community, number 14, we are family, Colossians 3, 12 and 13. It's a consequence of God having forgiven us, Ephesians 4.32. It's character of God being reflected. And then it's communion with God not being hindered, Matthew 5.23. It's a true story, one of my favorite stories. Johnny Lee Cleary was the head of the Ku Klux Klan. Wade Watts was the the head of the NAACP in Oklahoma. He pastored the New Jerusalem Baptist Church. When Johnny Lee uh, clearly was the grand dragon of that Ku Klux Klan, he burned their church down one time. They had a debate and uh, Wade Watts said to Johnny Lee Cleary at this debate, what do you have against this little girl? It was his three-year-old daughter. He had 10 children. He said, he had his daughter with him. What do you have against that little girl? And, and Johnny Lee Cleary said, she's black. That's enough. Fast forward the video. They're at home, all the Watts. They're at home relaxing. He was reading the paper. His wife was washing the dishes. All of a sudden, the phone rings. Mrs. Watts answers the phone. Now, I need to let you know, seven of the children are saved. Three of them are not. And so she answers the phone, and she goes to her husband and says, Wait, you'll never guess who's on the phone. He said, who? She said, you'll never guess. He said, okay, who? Johnny Lee Cleary. He said, I need to speak to Wade Watts, my brother. So Wade Watts answered the phone and said, hello? Who's this? He said, this Johnny Lee Cleary, your brother. He said, my brother? He said, yes. He said, I got saved. He said, I got saved and, and uh, 
I, I, I quit the Ku Klux Klan and I've been called to preach. I wanted to call to ask you to forgive me for all the things that I did and I said, because now I'm your brother in Christ. Wade Watts said, wow, God is good. Johnny Lee Clary said, yeah, he said, uh, he said uh, you pray for me, brother, because uh, the Klan is after me. And the blacks don't trust me. So he said, have you preached your trial sermon yet? No, I haven't preached my trial sermon yet. Well, come to the New Jerusalem Baptist Church and preach your trial sermon. And John Lee Cleary said, really? He said, yeah, come on. He said, well, where's your church at? Wait, what? Say, you ought to know you burned it down. <laughs> so this is what happened. I'm going to show you get forgiveness, give forgiveness. I'm going to show you how powerful it is. Johnny Lee Clary preached his, his trial sermon at New Jerusalem Baptist Church. At the end of the sermon, they have a morning bench. They're old school. At the end of the service, a boy got up and came and sat down on the front row. Then another boy came and got up and sat on the front row. And then a little girl came and got up on the front row. Only three people got saved that day. Only three. When Wade Watts came to New Jerusalem Baptist Church, I mean, when Johnny Lee Cleary came to uh, New Jerusalem Baptist Church, Wade Watts had seven children that were saved and three that were not. And when Johnny Lee Cleary left New Jerusalem Baptist Church, all ten of Wade Watts' children were saved. What would have happened had he said, well, you know, I forgive you, but we can't have a relationship what would have happened? His unforgiveness would have been stopping the salvation of his own children. What if Johnny Lee Cleary said, well, God's forgiven me for that. That's all in the past. I don't got to go back and try to clean up things that I don't have to make restitution. What if he would have said that? You know, that is the power of forgiveness. You're listening to Treasured Truth with Pastor James Ford Jr. and if you missed any part of today's broadcast or you'd like to request a copy, you can look for How to Get Forgiveness when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. Well, if like me, you're always thinking of new questions about God, the Bible, and Christian living, it's just kind of a natural byproduct of growing in Christ. And you know, that continues even after many years of study. So we'd like you to have a book by trusted author Ron Rhodes. It's called The Big Book of Bible Answers. And Dr. Rhodes uses his many years of study and work as a seminary professor to give you answers to even the most challenging questions that you might be wrestling with. You know, it's perfect for a reference guide or to use as a tool to help you respond to a friend who's struggling in their faith. You can request the Big Book of Bible Answers when you call and give a gift of any amount. Our number is 888-644-7660. Or if it's easier, come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. You can also send your gift in the mail just uh, write to us at Treasured Truth, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. You know, this is a book that you can read from cover to cover, or you can flip through it at random, reading answers to questions that you care most about. The chapters are divided into questions about the Bible, about God, humanity, angels and demons, salvation, the afterlife, and more. So contact us today with a gift of any amount, and we'll send you the Big Book of Bible Answers. Again, our number is 888-644-7660, and our website is treasuretruthradio.org. Well, I'm Steve Hiller, and our producer is Amy Rios. 
Join us tomorrow as Pastor Ford brings a message called A Recipe for Restoration. That's on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.